It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 22 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2017. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Welcome to this week by Ashley from the Black Truck team and special guest, Adrian Wallace, communications, advertising, and public relations professor at Grand Valley State University. Welcome to the Redirect podcast, Adrian. You couldn't see my hair flip on the podcast, but here I am. Well, Thanks for having me. Our first guest. Yeah, this is great. It's an honor. And a pl- I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves, shall we? Okay. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, we've we've welcomed uh, Adrian into the circle here to share some uh, with her background in as an advertising PR uh, professor as well as communications professional, mm-hmm. uh, with some interesting insights into the world of SEO. Um, Ashley, are you going to take uh, are you going to take lead this week? Sure, I can take the lead. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um, as I have mentioned in the past, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I've referred to myself as the content queen, which is not how I want to be called, but all things content. Anyway. There's going to be some so, comments for this. Um, the approach that we like to take here at Black Truck is, you know, using search queries that people are actually making to develop content you know? mm-hmm. so like using paid search uh so using paid search to see uh running a search query report to then use that into content yes. is that where you okay that well yes that as well as just using our using keyword research to you know come up with topics that are going to be the most useful Got it. and so um i found an article from um, content marketing institute um, from a presentation from Eric Hess at REI, mm. outdoors, um, outdoor products and, and goods and whatnot. And so um, the presentation was on how to use how-to content to create and retain loyal customers. How-to content. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, the first thing that I thought of when I saw this was um, when we're talking about common search queries or different kinds of search queries, you know, people are uh, often going to use how to do this, how to do that. And those are, you know, common um, paths to take when you're coming up with topic ideas. So I kind of thought it was going to go along the lines of maybe keyword research and and um, how to, creating how-to content. But it was really about using, um, going beyond top of funnel content um, that a lot of people might tend to do because they're trying to bring people into the funnel, trying to generate leads and um, push their products. Um, but this was about creating um, shopping-related con- shopping content, post-purchase content, and between-purchase content. Mm. And so the bet- between-purchase content would be um, you know, you're building loyalty, you're keeping your brand kind of um, front of mind um, for people who have bought from you before. Um, so again, just not always focusing on top of funnel. Um, so shopping related content would be product reviews, buying guides, product comparisons. Um, Post purchase content would be care and maintenance instructions, setup guides, repair help. 
as Adrian pulls my hand away from my face. <laughs> and then um, um, the between purchase content would be activity hacks and tips, location guides, um, skills and knowledge. So um, that hmm. between purchase content, I guess the takeaway is um, the between purchase content is less related to your products and services, just things that are going to be more helpful to your um, customers that are going to help them see you as a helpful source of information and develops brand loyalty over yeah. time, right? Yep. Um, and you can include your products um, in those pieces of content, either photos or videos or even even links to your products. But it's not a sales push. Um, it keeps your brand top of mind, creates touch points with your brand when customers would might share this with non-customers on social media, whatnot. Um, so, again, I really thought it was going to go along the lines more of, like, you know, the how-to, just um, informational search queries. Mm -hmm. Usually you think um, that's more top of funnel sure. um, intent. I, in I don't know your brand. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So... I thought that, that was interesting. And I think in, especially like in e-commerce land, I think it's a really important point to make that not every time that you have customer contact that you should be telling them to buy your product. Mm -hmm. right. How frustrating is that on the consumer side? I mean, you probably like me, I'm sort of an e-newsletter junkie. Like I sign up for everything because I feel like you could always find like best practices either at work or worst practices at play. And you can always use those for clients, right? That's like true. here's somebody that did a great job. Here's somebody that is making everybody angry and turning people off, or I'm sure their unsubscribe rate is high or whatever. But who's a particularly, who comes to mind to you um, in your inbox, like right now, who's doing a good job of that for anything that you subscribe to? Oh, wow. From like a helpful content perspective? Yeah, who is like a newsletter that you're like, I know this is product or e-commerce based. I know they're trying, like it's a, it's a sales tactic, right? Because it's what, at the end of the day, that's what all these are. But like, who do you, who's do you read like religiously? Well, Moz <clears throat> uh, sends out a roundup of 10 articles. The top 10? Yeah, yeah, their top 10. I always find that really helpful and they're, they're not pushing anything in there. No, we've already drank the Kool-Aid, right? I mean, because we're, <laughs> I, I mean, let's be real. I mean, we're a, we're a subscriber of Moz tools mm -hmm. and have been for years. So it's a great relationship, but that's really helpful. I'm trying to think of about something that personally. you buy. Yeah. Um, while you're thinking, yeah, I love Lush, the mm -hmm. cosmetics mm -hmm. slash bath mm -hmm. products slash whatever they have some of the most simplistic yet really super engaging and timely, I think they do a good job of timing for that because I don't always feel like blown out then at Christmas. And I don't always, you know, I don't feel like I'm mm. getting like too many at any one time. Mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. like it's an appropriate um, distribution mm -hmm. and rate in which communi they communicate. And honestly, like I never buy online from them ever. Like part really, of, you buy in-store? Yeah. Part of the experience of that particular brand is going to the okay. place, right? Like. It's set up like a fresh marketplace and it's like little produce bins and it's friggin' mm. adorable and <laughs> you can try anything and you can smell all the smells and, hmm. um, but I think that at some point I'm sure that I signed up for something somewhere and I, like I read those all the time. Hmm. I think they do a, a great job. And so they share information yep. about, does it include their products or is yep. it just general? Yep. Sometimes it includes their products. Sometimes it includes like why they do the things they do. So like 
right now, the, the most recent one that I got was yesterday, and they have introduced a product that is no, um, no packaging. And then they also have the same product available with packaging, which sounds weird because they deal in like shower gels and stuff, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's like um, personal hygiene type of stuff. But um, it's weird to think about like a bath or a shower gel with no container. Mm -hmm. So they've made it solidified, yet it doesn't qualify as a soap because it doesn't have the chemical components that create the solidifying action. So like just the edge, mm. like now I know about chemistry because yeah, yeah. I'm smarter now that I read <laughs> that Lush yeah, newsletter totally. and I know like why it is that way. And also it's like now I don't have to have a package if I don't want to. And that cuts back on cost. Honestly, it's a little bit cheaper to buy the non-packaged items. And then also I don't have to worry about recycling it. It already is. I think is the package. I think what's interesting is you're so that's that. What did you call middle middle of the funnel content? Mm -hmm. You're already buying from them. Right. I, I think that he is really on a good uh, hot topic for a lot of people that they really need to take note of because there's there are so many brands and so many groups and organizations out there that do a horrible job at this. Um, me being car guy, hot rodder, and skier, all of the all of the brands that I either buy from or you know have engaged with do an absolutely horrible job at that. It's mm -hmm. all about the daily deal or the latest promotion mm -hmm. or something like that. Instead of, you know, providing me with insights on how to, they do that very, very infrequently when they could actually help me through that process a little bit more, which is totally going to push their product on me. Um, so they do, they do a really bad job at that. I could call out a number of brands, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Well, I also think whenever they, if you, if every time they send an email to you, it's a sale. Why would you ever buy something regularly priced? Like, why no, would you you're ever? You're not going to. You're programmed to buy yeah, it off the deal. Like it now becomes like some kind of a discount brand or some kind of an opportunity that you would wait for, right? I mean, mm. it's like companies that scoop um, everybody with the pre. <clears throat> Uh, Black Friday sale. So it's October 31 and here's your email with your pre Black mm -hmm. Friday sale Which is our Black Friday deal will be XYZ. And so why would I buy between October 31 and yeah. Thanksgiving that you just lost mm -hmm. All of that time of, of consumer behavior and buying totally. because you scooped yourself. That's ridiculous I think I think too to circle back on not just don't let's not focus just on e-commerce players here either which Aria is a major e-commerce player mm -hmm. but also service b2b organizations mm -hmm. that have more technical related items that they can educate uh, they're educating people that maybe are not necessarily making the buying decision so maybe I am a company that serves um, top level engineers so the top level engineers, probably know the solution or product or you know whatever can solve their problem but the individual maybe it's the design engineer at the time doesn't mm -hmm. and that's something that can kind of help fill that gap fill that void the other side of it too is strictly from an seo's perspective too is don't forget the featured snippet can be one in a how-to mm -hmm. article if well written covering all the points so you know you've got to rank on that first page which rei probably does already and then you need to answer all of the questions, cover all the criteria for that, win the featured snippet, and you know really explode the click-through rate. So yeah. hmm, fascinating. Yeah. Good. So my um, <clears throat> discovery is content-related also because I do a lot of social and writing. So it's no surprise that um, 
last week, uh, Facebook ran into a situation that they're coining Explorergeddon. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which is... Uh, has been reported on by Tech Republic, Guardian, Mashable, Slate, BBC. I mean, I could go on and on all throughout um, basically different um, mediums also. So, like, um, I've seen ads on this even, which is sort of weird. But Facebook, um, love them or hate them, um, did an experiment with a test market, which people never really enjoy this when it happens. But in um, six countries, they decided to move all content posted by brands that was not paid for to a tab called Explore. Mm. Yes. And they claimed <clears throat> that they did this because, as an experiment, because people were um, not getting all of the friend shares or the friend content that they really wanted. However, in that same breath, in the normal news feed, in your normal timeline, they still kept paid content mm -hmm. and then all of your friend stuff, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. all of your friend shares and whatnot. And then they moved all of the organic, non-paid for stuff to a different tab altogether in those countries, which of course called, you know, caused like widespread panic, mm -hmm. fear, you know, like articles were written with really harsh uh, <laughs> headlines like biggest drop in Facebook organic we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And... <clears throat> You know, non-promoted um, posts are out of the newsfeed forever and, you know, very extreme sort of circumstances. And while Facebook says that, um, I mean, they have a person that's the head of the newsfeed. That's a position at Facebook. I think that would be no different. A head of the newsfeed <laughs> would be no different than Google's, like, head of search yeah. spam or, or quality or something and like that. And he so. said that we currently have no plans to roll this out. Globally. Oh, BS. Currently. BS. Currently. <laughs> Currently, um, and that the plan. changes were uh, like I initiated earlier, which was uh, mainly because people were requesting it. I mean, how often have you ever thought to yourself, I hate this about Facebook, and then gave a request and it's been honored? I mean, never. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, never. Um, and so they're claiming it's user request and user need driven. Um, but what was reported, and a lot of these articles have been updating pretty regularly, like every few days to show like their um, analytics base, and the reach in most cases is down by over two thirds, and they're reporting four times fewer interactions um, as a result of um, those changes in those countries. But hmm. um, I mean, I don't hate this idea in theory. Um, I guess, like, I of course... Per personally, see, you don't right, hate it. See Professionally. More, totally. See more stuff from your friends, right? Like, wasn't that what Facebook was about? And remember how, like, two years ago they introduced, um, you know, the algorithm changed and more paid started, mm -hmm. you know, dripping into your feed there. And uh, everyone was up in arms about that. And so we just sort of got comfortable with that, I think, being advertised to a lot mm -hmm. um, in, our, in our stream there. And now this is kind of on the horizon. And of course they're going to change it. I mean, it's not a, non, it's not a nonprofit organization. I mean, no. you're in a, it's a company, right? Yeah. A corporation that you're to make money. Um, but it certainly has like implications for people and their spend, right? Um, because Facebook has been like the original easy, low-lying mm -hmm. fruit, cheap ads sort of space. And so... Cheap ads, organic reach. But at the same time... You know, we've seen over the course of the last 12 to 18 months, the organic reach of a page, of a brand page, decrease just, I mean, tenfold. Yeah, I mean, that's um, been going on for quite a while. However, right. the, uh, 
it's not anything to be concerned about is what we've no. always been told, no. right? And right. now they're testing this. So, like, you have to wonder, like, is this, like... I think... Are we looking at a conspiracy? Or, like, <laughs> what is the deal? <laughs> I, I think... So, as a search marketer, you know, professionally, I'm always going to be, a, you know, a high conspiracy theorist. So, <laughs> I... That's where I will totally make the claim of BS that they're... they're okay, yeah, currently they're not looking mm-hmm. at rolling that out. So why are you testing it in these obscure mm-hmm. countries? No offense. Why are you testing it in these obscure mm-hmm. countries to see what the engagement rates are and, and, and use that as your test bed market? Is it because the rest of the world isn't going to notice or what? You know, you're mm-hmm. testing it in an area that does... What's the activity level mm-hmm. there versus here in the United States? Uh, so I call a little bit of BS on that approach. The second thing, too, you touched on it, Adrian, was... Um, talking about more or less the pay to play and with I mean that's been here forever but well, like it has been, now but it's like it is really here but I'm but I, <laughs> this you know, happens. I think I'm amazed at this though is here in 2017 called almost 2018 where people are not adding a line item mm. to their social budget right. to say we have to pay for some of this traffic like that needs to be in addition to social media in addition to paid search and display, in addition to content marketing, like you need to have a budget in there that's for promoting posts and content, totally. doing social ads. That's something that we've been talking yeah. about, I feel, for two and a half years now. And now all of a sudden, it takes Facebook to make a change like this. Well, I mean, if it's out. not Facebook official, is it real? No, uh, <laughs> no, this is true. This is true. I so I think that like... Um, looking at it holistically, I mean, absolutely, that that just increases the, um, the, <clears throat> I guess, the argument for where you're putting your money and what kind of hmm. distribution of your money and how are you going to spend your money. And um, But I'll be interested to see if then also perhaps how Facebook takes your money and uses it and what the, because it's you know, historically been pretty cheap to advertise on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. I'll be interested if they first force us into this like two feed system deal. And then also if they increase the, um, cost, I guess, to reach people because now you have advertisers hostage. I mean, honestly, brand pages with small reaches and small publishers and small sites are going to get, you know, unfortunately kind of like squeeze out of that market. I wonder if it's going to go along the lines more of AdWords where you're bidding mm-hmm. to be on people's main news feeds. I think, it, I think that's, I would, from, you know, my, I mean, from my upbringing through a PPC world, that's, I would prefer it to be that way. But as a, as a digital marketer in that space, perhaps that provides me with a competitive advantage because I know what that landscape looks like and I know how aggressive we might have to get there. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but also kind of in, in closing on that too, is think about this is what if they go that route? How is it any different than what Google did with Gmail two or three years ago, where now you're forced into having this promotions tab and social tab. So you have your main inbox, then you have the promo tab and the, mm, and the social tab. Which I tab. still hate. You hate it, but you check it. I, I check it to click all deletes. <laughs> I check or it because it's read, like looking at a sales flyer. Or to read Ashley's, uh, e- the, the funnel, um, the emails, the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and, and bottom so that I can see what other people are doing. But only as a research mechanism because it really still doesn't, those topics, those 
buckets don't fit my needs. Hmm. Good point. I want them. I want to be able to rename them. If you must keep the tab, let me rename the buckets. It bothers me. Are you listening, Google? You hear me, Google? Google hears everything. I have a pixel. I can't get away from them. That's right. This is true. Good one. Can we segue? Sure. Well, I'm going to keep on the content theme. Go for it. So this is good. Content is awesome. Uh, except for I'm going straight up keyword route this time. So, Ashley, you thought you were headed down that route. No, I'm going down that route. And so I want to talk more about keyword research, keyword clustering, mm. or thematic keywords. Uh, so how do we assemble your keyword research thematically around mm -hmm. certain themes? So uh, if you are new to search marketing or even content marketing, I can understand where this might be a bit of a, a concern or an issue, but like gone are the days of selecting a single keyword phrase or a long tail phrase and developing content around that single phrase in hope that it ranks. Um, I hope that everybody has evolved their ways or, you know, at least there's time to shift and change because that's been best practice for a number of years by SEOs and content marketers. But, um, the reality is, is that we know Google is much smarter than that. I mean, they're much smarter than they ever have been with current algorithms, machine learning and things like that. They understand the relational data in terms of how we as a user search and interact and, and what we're actually searching for. So um, there's a, there was a really great article and I'll put it in the show notes too, is you know what is keyword clustering and who cares? Um, Anne Smarty, who's wrote some really great articles on Search Engine Watch, um, she really outlines it. Also throwing things back to like 2007 too, to kind of show the progression of things. But the concept really is stop focusing on just that single keyword phrase for a piece of content and focus on a series. It's almost like building a bucket out, building the theme out. So the, the example that I will always use as a skier is like, you know, I'm targeting Michigan ski resorts as my seed. That's my baseline long tail phrase, but really it's, it's other prepositions and other questions around that of with tubing, with lodging, with childcare, near a certain location because you can look at all of those and easily group that together and and develop a singular piece of content that targets all of these like phrases that then targets an individual who's looking for a great family ski vacation um and and i think that that, that doesn't have to be manually i mean tools like Moz's keyword research tool uh, amongst other things like uh, WordStream, I think SEMrush also will combine in, and SEMrush might approach it from an ad group perspective, and even the keyword tool from Google will provide it in an ad group level. But if you, hmm. if you take that, those ad groups and those groupings and start to look at ways you can develop content around that theme, you're going to start to broaden your search base. So instead of being super hyper-focused on this single phrase, you start to broaden the, the searcher's base and the attraction around that. So I was just talking about, I probably read this article and was talking about this with someone yesterday, and like how, I guess, first of all, that's awesome because that helps build content calendars mm -hmm. so much faster because mm -hmm. you know that, if that's helping you, like, why would you work against it, right? Correct. But then, like, secondly, how did, like, how much better does that play for you? Or how, like, what is, is there, is there going to, is it, like, better 
10% better? Is it, you know, um, help you in the long run? Or the, like, what is the, I guess, the immediate impact or how does it like play out? Well, I think it certainly helps you in the long run. I mean, mm-hmm. that's when you start to write around themes, I think then you start to border on what has been referred to a lot of times as 10x content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's content mm-hmm. that's taking things to the next level. Right. It's answering all of the questions. It's helping me. I either get super engaged with your brand now because you're actually helpful uh, versus I did a search for something and I've had to look at three or four different sites to Mm -hmm. actually get the answer that I want because search and the internet is a disappointing place. (laughs) So now if we start to write around these themes, Mm -hmm. you start to get in the mind of your customer more. Mm -hmm. It shows that you actually understand them and actually care, which, which you do. Ultimately, you're just trying to figure out a way to to get them to click through. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get them there, does all that content support it too? Does that, you think that Yeah, that I mean, I think that in any way that you can make it easier to explain to a client or potential client how to better serve them, like it's one thing to say, yeah, we can do this and that, but to say we can do this, this, and this is better because, I mean, I think that, you know, there's advice and there's totally. good advice. And there's great advice, you know, and then there's advice that you would give yourself, which is even above that. And it's a difficult, so. it's a difficult thing to explain, I think, to the, the uneducated client or the, the, the lower educated client in terms of content marketing mm-hmm. on, we get that, I've always said for years that there's a difference between what you think people are searching for versus what they actually are to kind of tie back to what Ashley was saying right. earlier. But then if you start to be able to pull those keywords out, those phrases of what people are searching for or related searches and connect those dots, then the aha moment goes off and they go, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Completely makes sense. Yes, let's create more content like that too. Um, And the other side of it too is test it. Try try and test your Mm -hmm. theory. Um, And maybe even drive traffic to it. Drive traffic to it from Facebook ads. Drive traffic to it from paid search ads. And see how people engage with that um, as a as a blended media uh, while your while your search while your SEO is catching up and seeing how that turns out. So yeah. yeah, I just think that we've proven that all of the elements in communications have to work together in order to have a successful campaign based on three random articles. <laughs> we each looked at. I mean, and this is not probably of any shock to anyone here it at the table, be. but um, you know. Having that um, really solid logic base and integrated like mindset in terms of how all of the pieces play together, I think makes for, I mean, it's so important. Like people don't, I think people underestimate this type of thing, right? Search, SEO, mm-hmm. like they just take it for granted that it's just going to happen. It's magic. It's internet magic or whatever, yeah. you know? It's black magic. Black magic. <clears throat> so um, just showing like, from email marketing to, I mean, there's just, you know, we just well, it's hit anything. all the high it's, ones right I, here. I think if you just walk through the path, think of the journey of... Well, you should be thinking I, of a consumer, I would hope. I saw a billboard offline, or we met at a networking event, right. and you referred me. I'm going to go and I'm going to look brand mm-hmm. X up online through search. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come there. Did I buy from you? No. Did I search for something specific? Great. How did I engage with your brand? I bought, how are you following up with me and continuously getting me to yeah. be an evangelist of your brand? I mean, all of those it's things. It's just, play, con- I mean, we're here. looking at like basically content networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sitting here and I got a text from my husband and he said, I was just on the phone with somebody at XYZ Provider 
And they were like, hey, I looked you up on LinkedIn. Do you know Adrian Wallace? Because ah. we don't have the same last name. And my husband was like, I do. I live with her. You know? Nice. And they were like, what? So it's just the web, right? Everything mm-hmm. is networked together. So right. you always have. Like, you can't get away from it. So it's a series of tubes. It is a series of mm-hmm. tubes. Thank you, Al Gore. That's right. <laughs> Alright, on that note uh, I want to thank Adrian for being our special guest this week and uh, and of course Ashley for participating <laughs> once again uh, on the Redirect Podcast. Please do uh, subscribe, give us comments, look for the show notes. Until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.